Oh yeah, real lifers, boys and girls, people from all around the world, this is Justin from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, or wired way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you are walking the dog, taking the bus, exercising, or avoiding calls from telemarketers. I'm joined here in the studio, in the virtual studio, in the transcontinental studio, with co-host Ethan. What's going on, Ethan? Not much. How you doing? Doing pretty great. I'm trying to fill the shoes of Chad. Those are some pretty big shoes to fill for the host <laughs> position. But what does that mean, that it's some pretty big shoes to fill? Well, to, to fill the shoes or is to fill the role, the position of somebody before you. So if that person leaves, like for example, um, in a job, it means you have really big shoes to fill. That person did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Chad has not left, though. He's just a little bit tied up. What do you mean by tied up? I mean that he's... He's busy. You can almost think that he's like so busy, it's as if he were tied up and he could do nothing else. Although, he's probably not that busy right now. It's, I believe it's like something like 2 a.m. in Australia, so he's probably just sleeping or partying. It's Friday night. TJF. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a super duper podcast for you today. We are going to cover phone conversation English. So. Ethan and I just spent some time preparing for this, and yeah, we got a great episode for you today. So, what do you got going on this weekend, Ethan? Uh, I don't have any plans as of yet, but uh, I think I'll probably be working mostly. I've just had a pretty crazy week because I am preparing to uh, go to Spain, and I'm having to do the whole visa process. So, it's a lot of last-minute formalities. And I believe actually the last podcast was all about visa interviews, so I might have to go listen to that one and <laughs> prepare. <laughs> Do you have a visa interview? I don't think so. I think they make you go literally just to hand over your things, and maybe they look through it and make sure everything is okay. But I think this day and age with the technology we have, it's a bit ridiculous that you still have to go in person to the consulate. Okay, what do you take mean all by your things. hand over? Hand over is to take it in my hand and put it in their hand. So it's basically, it just means another way to say to give them something. To give or to turn in, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, we're fortunate enough to be from the United States where it's most, it's easier to get a visa to most countries, right? That's true. Definitely could be worse. Yeah. So today's topic, well, hopefully you never have to do like a, a visa interview over the phone, right? But I know a lot of people have to do phone interviews in English. They have to do phone conversations in English, and this can be one of the most stressful situations. So we're going to go straight to the jugular today. What do you mean by straight to the jugular? Well, straight to the jugular. Jugular is like the the neck part, right? It's kind of a metaphor. Yeah, it's like a vein, I believe, and like that is in your your neck. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like uh, maybe a violent metaphor of like a maybe like a lion when it's killing its prey, it's um mm-hmm. you know when it's about to eat an animal, it it you know it, it goes straight for the jugular, it just kills it right away. So when I say it, it doesn't play to... with its food, <laughs> yeah. 
So today, uh, we're going straight to the jugular with the topic at hand, phone conversations in English. So, you know, in, in my own language learning, I've always found it super stressful to have a conversation in another language on the phone, or especially really important ones. So what about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I always wait until the last possible minute when I have to make a phone call. Like anytime I've had to call a phone company or any other sort of formal conversation, it's like I always avoid it until it's the last possible day that I can make that phone call because I really dislike making phone calls in other languages, even when I'm quite uh, confident speaking the language face-to-face. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So why is that? Why is it so hard on the phone? I think it's just uh, it's just a, such a big aid when it's not your first language or even when it is your first language, when you can actually like see someone's face, you can see the expressions they're making, uh, you can tell if they're not understanding you because they'll usually kind of scrunch up their face, right? And when you wait, don't wait, have wait. that, when it's... Scrunch up? <laughs> uh, scrunch up is like uh, almost like wrinkle and it's kind of what people do when they don't understand. They wrinkle up their face in confusion and we would say scrunch up. What's a scrunchie? A scrunchie. A scrunchie is something that girls wear in their hair to keep it uh, to keep it up, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think another it thing about their hair. Yeah, another thing about about face to face conversations is that I think the audio quality is a lot better. Sometimes you're speaking on the phone, it cuts out, <laughs> right? You lose a connection. It's just so you miss words, you miss little pieces, and that makes it a lot more difficult. Combined with yeah, can't read the lips and you know, other things, right? And then, like, the further frustration that it's not your first language. And so even if you are very fluent in it and you're very confident in the language, just the fact that you have that maybe an accent and they can tell and you're not uh, you're not understanding maybe because of some, some other factor, like that the connection's not that great or just because you don't have the aid of the gestures, but they think that you can't understand them because your English isn't good or the other language isn't good. So I think that adds like an extra little bit of stress. Okay, so you said the you don't have the aid of gestures. What's what's an aid here? An aid is a help. Okay. Uh, assistance. Yeah, so I mean there are lots of reasons. I think another one is that if you don't know the person – it can be kind of stressful speaking with somebody without really an, any introduction. You need to ask them for, for something and you can't, you're not comforted by, you know, their presence or you don't feel supported a lot of times. So it's yeah, just kind totally. of like, it's kind of like, is, is Ethan there? <laughs> yeah. So it's not a, it's not like a, it's, it's not just you. If you're listening to this, it's not just you that, get stressed out if you have to make a phone call or that has some trouble talking over the phone. There is a lot of psychological factors at hand. Yeah, and I get stressed out sometimes speaking in English. I feel really weird and awkward speaking on the phone to some people. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of like having to make phone calls uh, in English either. So I usually prefer to text or to talk face-to-face or by like uh, FaceTime or, or Skype or video chat. Yeah, so today we're going to walk you through just some common strategies, some some phrases, some just terminology that's really going to help you um, be a better phone communicator, a better audio communicator when you can't hear the other person. I think one thing that people do a lot more of these days is like WhatsApp audio messages. I think 
That's mm-hmm. one thing. You can just get more used to recording those messages and listening. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like you record it, send it. It's not really a phone call, but it's it's closer, right? Definitely. I definitely prefer those as well. It gives you a little bit of time to think about your response, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have you have informal phone calls. You have more formal, like interview type phone calls as well. You have mm-hmm. um, automated calls phone calls. The, Sorry. Calls to the electric company or the phone company so they don't cut off your service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> being able to eat, right, or just survive, right? Ordering a pizza. Yeah, and then you, you have don't to, know how to cook. And then you have to like you have to find your way through the labyrinth of like um, these machines that you know ask you to choose a number to go to the next phase, right? Exactly. That's a pain for anyone. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Exactly. Okay, so starting off, we have what are some common phrases? If if I'm gonna call you right now, you're home, and you answer, what do you say? Uh, well, it's probably gonna depend if I have caller ID. Mm-hmm. So what's caller ID? Caller ID is it's caller identification, right? So uh, sometimes we say like ID. The letters I and D are it's an acronym for identification. And so it shows exactly. you who's calling. So it says... So, uh, Go ahead. So if it's... Obviously, if it's a friend, if I can see that it's a friend calling or a family member, my way of answering is going to be different than if it's someone I don't know or, you know, if it's a company calling me where I'm going to want to speak a little bit more formally because of that... Uh, that unexpectedness so maybe if it's a friend or family member calling i'm probably just going to answer hey or what's up or so, i could even say sup sup dog yo homie <laughs> i'm not that hood so i probably wouldn't say homie or dog what do you mean by hood <laughs> hood means like someone from the hood i guess comes from neighborhood and generally it refers to people who come from more um that's a nice way of underdeveloped neighborhoods, maybe. That's a nicer way to say it. The ghetto. Uh, who probably would be more likely to use language like that. So let me ask you this. Do you screen, yours truly. Do you screen your phone calls? Do I screen my phone calls? Uh, I probably do nowadays in the States. I get a lot of telemarketer calls. So what would screen mean in this case? Well, you can screen in many different ways. You can screen interviews, right? To screen means to sort of filter. Right. Exactly. So it's like you see it's an unknown number calling or a 1-800 number calling, and so you would avoid that call. You would screen it and not answer, or you might let it go to the machine. Uh-huh. So I said a, a couple things there, a 1-800 number and letting it go to the machine. Mm-hmm. So what does 1-800 mean? 1-800, it's generally like uh, any big company will have a 1-800. It's toll-free, which means I guess you don't get charged to call it. Uh, and if you receive one of those, it probably means it's someone asking you, trying to sell something to you, or possibly asking you to donate, or something along those lines. Oh, I hate I, I hate it when when I was back in the United <laughs> States, staying at my parents' house, I got all these <laughs> phone calls, just uh, telemarketers, advertisements, and oh, I was so frustrated. It was like they they destroy your peace of mind when you're concentrated on yeah. something, and you get this phone call, and then they. You know, they want to speak to the business owner or something, and they're—it's oh, just really annoying. <laughs> exactly, and it's—I like—I always feel bad because 
there you know your patience only lasts so long when you receive a few of these calls per day but at the same time it's just someone doing their job and it's not really their fault that you're getting these calls but if you're an english learner this is an excellent opportunity for you just to practice your english you could or you not could, <laughs> you can lead or them along and, and act, act as if you're interested in their service and just ask them lots, <laughs> lots of questions and and just get them to really open up to you you know mm-hmm. or maybe even just call them if you're not living in the states just call them from your country and say like hey i'm really interested in this product and just i've actually heard about english learners doing this to practice their english with natives so it could be kind of a language hack i guess yeah you gotta try it out you okay. said uh, lead them along. What does that mean? To lead somebody along is to give them the idea that you're interested, right? When when mm-hmm. you're not really. Yeah, exactly. You... So what uh, happens to me a lot is I receive these phone calls and it'll be like, uh, for example, like, hello, is Mr. Smith there? And I'm like, no, you have the wrong number. And they'll say, oh, well, maybe you can help me. I'm selling blah, 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 blah. And I thought you might be interested. Like, And they go off into their pitch. Mm-hmm. even though it's they were calling the wrong person so i'm like well first off you got the the wrong name and you're still trying to sell me something <laughs> <laughs> okay so the going into this that you hear so going into these phone calls here like how do you actually if you know who you want to talk to and i think i mentioned this earlier but just to really clarify it if you really know who you want to talk to what do you say if i'm calling somewhere uh-huh uh i probably would say well, if it's if it's kind of like formal, I'm calling a a business or something, then I probably would say like, uh, "Hello, this is Ethan Wenger calling for Mr. Smith." Let's say I'm calling Mr. Smith. Okay. And um, so maybe so like I would, yeah, I would basically say, uh, say that my Mr. first Smith. and last name, and then ask. Yeah, speak with Mr. Uh, Smith for their name. Sorry. You might say like, "May I speak with Mr. Smith?" Right? Can you I? May I speak with Mr. Smith? Yeah, it's always a. Uh, a good idea to use can or may or could, which mm-hmm. are uh, kind of add, make the, the language sound more polite, right? Uh-huh. And if it's a woman, if you don't know whether she's married or not, it might be better just say miss, right? Miss, exactly. Instead of misses, which refers to a married woman. Uh-huh. And if it were more informal, so this doesn't happen as much because everyone has cell phones and you can directly get in contact with people usually. But uh, I remember back in the day when I was a kid and we only had landlines, I would call my friend's house and like their mom would pick up. And so I would say like, hey, is Tom there? And they would then call their their, uh, son Tom and he would come speak to me. Okay, what would the person say if, so if you call and ask for Justin, right? And I am Mm -hmm. Justin, you don't know it. What would I say to communicate to you that this um, this is Justin speaking? Well, you'd say just that, right? You'd say, this is Justin. Yeah, or it's Justin. Speaking, right? Exactly. But you wouldn't say, a lot of people from like Spanish and Portuguese speaking countries, I found, they tend to say, I am. They, they translate it directly from their language and they want to say, I am, which to us sounds way too literal. It'd be kind of like the, the response to that would be like, um, that's, that's nice. That's good. You know your name. You, you of might say for your role. Kind of like a greeting. Yeah, for your role. So let's say it's like, I'm the director of marketing for this company and I'm calling for this person, right? Exactly. But not your name. Yeah. I mean, so, not I am plus your name. Yeah. Uh, you might have like also 
you know, someone calls you and they, they, uh, you're, they know that you'll recognize their voice or that you know who it is. They would probably just say, hello, it's me or, Hey, it's me. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like in the, uh, most people know the, the song, hello by Adele. That's how it starts. Hello, it's me. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's really good to be extra polite on the phone. So it's like, you know, I would appreciate it if you can put me in touch with this person. Um, could you please uh, get often, you know, go and when you say get to go and get this person, right? Can you please get Ethan for to speak with me, please? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what might, if you're calling kind of more of a business, what kind of things might they say if they need to check if that person is currently in or if that person is currently available? Yeah, well, I think in any situation, you know, it's like, hang on, hold on a minute. Um, in more of a formal situation, like, uh, can I put you on hold? Uh, kind mm -hmm. of informal, very conversational is, uh, just a sec. In a sec, in this case, what does it mean? Short for second. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. Just a sec. Yeah. And if you call like any sort of business, like any time I have to call the bank or an airline or anything like that, it's always that you call someone from customer service, but then they're not responsible for the problem that you have. And so they always say, oh, can I put you on hold? Or I'm going to transfer you to this person or to this department. So you'll hear that a lot if you actually have to call a business. Yeah. And then you can end up spending like hours on there being transferred, exactly. put on hold, listening to elevator music. Uh, it's the worst. <laughs> what's what's elevator music? <laughs> elevator music. Well, a lot of times it can be like uh, bossa nova, which isn't that bad. But then other times it'll be it'll be like a cover of some song that's not that good in the first place, or just some very generic sounding kind of new age music. And I always kind of find it a little bit torturous. Like I would rather it was just silent and I could like listen to something else while I'm on hold. Even worse, they give, like, advertisements for the company, right? Yeah, that happens a lot, too. <laughs> a lot of companies do that. Like, uh, oh, we've got some great promotion going on. So it's they've got you on hold and they're selling to you at the same time. Yeah, and often, uh, if you're if you're talking with a machine, one of those, like, you know, press mm -hmm. certain button and it puts you on in different directions, uh, they might say, all, all of our operators are busy. Please wait for the next available agent, right? Exactly. That's that's kind of the thing. Please uh, hold until an agent is able to take your call. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny, too, like when you go through the machines that they're kind of like smart, so it kind of sounds like a person, and you have to either keypad things in, so put things on the, the numbers, the letters on the, the phone, or they want you to say things, but then they, they keep hearing you wrong or something like that, and... Usually, I just get to the point where I'm just yelling at it, operator, operator, because I want to talk with a real human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's really frustrating. But when you are talking with a real human being and, and you're having a difficult time communicating, like, what are some of the things that you can say? <laughs> can I speak to your superior? <laughs> can I speak to your, yeah, your, your supervisor? <laughs> can I speak to the manager, right? to the supervisor, exactly. Yeah, you just get angry, get angry, and that's mm -hmm. going to solve your English problems. Because you can, exactly. you, can blame all, you can always blame the other Start, person for your difficulty in communication. Exactly. Start yelling in your native language. <laughs>
Hello? This is Ethan, and I apologize for the pause, but I have something quick to share with you. If you are listening to this podcast, it means that you want to improve your English comprehension, right? Wouldn't you love to be able to understand your favorite English TV series and movies? Well, go to the page for this episode at reallifeglobal.com slash phone, P-H-O-N-E, and click the link to join our free mini-course, which will teach you our effective method for learning English with TV series. That's at reallifeglobal.com slash phone. Now let's get back to the episode. Oh yeah. But seriously, definitely it's important to come back to survival phrases, to be have some good etiquette on when mm-hmm. you don't understand something, just be patient, keep your cool, keep your calm, right? And you know, when you don't understand something, just say sorry. What are some other phrases that you can say instead of sorry? So yeah, exactly. We wanted to share some survival phrases just to help you feel a little bit more enabled when you speak on the phone so you don't uh you aren't perceived so much as a non-native speaker or as a learner and you're you're more perceived as someone who just is having a little bit of trouble understanding what they're saying or maybe blaming it on the connection or something like that so uh like Justin already said if you don't understand you could say sorry you could say pardon uh and you always have this this uh upward intonation which marks that it's a question so you'd say uh excuse me or the last one would be come again it's interesting because um if you compare this to portuguese for example this is a, i'm living in brazil right now and they say like i didn't understand and that's kind exactly, of a cult- yeah. it's a it's a cultural thing so but if you translate that to english if you just say oh i didn't understand i don't understand it sounds mm-hmm. like kind of disempowering like you're not really taking responsibility it almost sounds like you're blaming yeah. the other person so it's Whereas yeah. in English, it's like, sorry, it's my fault. I'm, I'm, it's pardon, excuse me, and mm-hmm. then you're asking. It's more like you're asking for help, and people feel more um, available to help you in that situation. Yeah. I would say like a big red flag is don't say what. what do you mean by red don't flag? just say what. A red flag is gen- generally like a, it marks a problem, right? So we'd say uh, when you when you just are saying all the time, every time you don't understand, if you just say what? What? It sounds a little bit rude. And again, it's like Justin said, uh, it kind of makes the other person feel like it's it's their fault when it's really maybe you who's who's not uh, understanding them so well. Yeah, it's and we do use what sometimes more in kind of like informal situations when you're more familiar with the person. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a more a, a relaxed way. But oftentimes it's even people will actually do the plosion sound at the end of the T, like what? Yeah. When, that T at the end, for some reason, it's kind of cutting. It, it it makes it seem more kind of like forceful. Yeah, it definitely does. So uh, other than saying like, sorry, pardon, excuse me, come again, when you didn't uh, understand something, if you just want them to repeat something, you could politely ask, could you repeat that? Or could you say that again? Or yeah, or even can you speak slower, please? I'm not a native speaker. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and you can actually be honest with them that you know it's not your first language, so that hopefully they'll take a little bit of pity on you and uh, speak more clearly. Because I think a lot of times over the phone, 
the added fact that you can't see the person and they're speaking quickly, cutting their words and everything, that can definitely add a lot of frustration. So don't be afraid or, to know, you, be honest. You can go. You can just tell them even if it's not the case. Like, I'm sorry, this connection isn't really good. Can you repeat, please? Yeah. <laughs> you're you're cutting out. You're breaking up, right? These are ways yeah. to say like the, you know, the the line isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So when you have a bad connection, or you just want to blame a bad connection, you can you can say you know you're cutting out. Um, you cut out for a second. I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't hear what you said. I didn't catch what you said. You're breaking up, or this connection isn't really yeah. good. Can I can I call you back, or can you call me back? Right. Exactly. And the that's a really good line too. I didn't catch that. That's a if you want to sound like more like a native when you don't understand something or you didn't uh, hear something, that's a great phrase to use over the phone. Yeah, and also another thing is um, too like when you say like mean, like what uh. You know what I mean? This is one phrase that you can say. Just to mm-hmm. make sure the person's following you. Do you know what I mean? And the person might, you know, nod their head or to like um agree with you, like, uh huh. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? If they're nodding their head, you're not actually gonna know that they're agreeing with you, but hopefully they say, Uh huh or yeah. Yeah, so like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like a way to check for verification from the other person. And on the other side, you can also ask, do you know what I mean? Or, um, I'm sorry, like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean by that? That's more like that you didn't, uh, that more marks not so much that you're, you didn't understand the sentence, but more that kind of the way that they said it or the general idea that they are communicating to you wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. And then finally, so, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say the big gun. So I'm going to bring <laughs> big out the big, the big gun. Uh, could you spell that, please? Yeah, if if all else fail, if all else fails, you can always go for that one. So should we uh, move on into just maybe some other random tips that might help them if they're speaking on the phone? Yeah, sounds great. So. Yeah, well, the first one is probably, which I don't think you or I did when we were talking about mm-hmm. our own fear of communicating, is rehearsing the conversation, of really, really thinking about what you want to say, of taking out a piece of yeah, paper, exactly. writing down the vocabulary, researching it, because if you think about it, if you know how the conversation is going to go, you can prepare for it. Yeah. And depending on your level, maybe it would even be helpful to imagine like what kind of things you would say in your native language and translate it. It's probably not the very best way to communicate because obviously some things are lost in translation, but it could definitely be kind of a good crutch for you. What do you mean by crutch? So a crutch, uh, for example, a crutch when you go to the doctor after breaking a bone and they put a they put a cast, like a hard cast on, say, your leg. You broke your leg. And then the doctor is going to give you crutches, which will help you to walk since you only have one good leg. Uh, and we can use this figuratively, like I just did, as kind of something that, you know, something to lean on, something to kind of give you support when you're in a vulnerable position. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to rely on that forever, but it, it will help you survive in that moment. Right? Yeah. 
if you've just moved to the U.S. or Canada and you're having to call the phone company, it definitely might be a good crutch for you to be able to think of it first in your native language. Mm -hmm. Another thing I've noticed is definitely the need to get your fundamentals down. So like some people, they, they know enough English, they have a lot of English phrases, but they've sort of forgotten how to pronounce certain numbers, right? Or letters. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they've gotten kind of rusty on their alphabet. They're confusing the yeah. E and the I, right? As that happens, the Q mm -hmm. and the K and things like that. Because yeah. you need to be able to, if, like if they say, hey, I can't understand you. Can you spell your name? It's like mm -hmm. if you don't know how to spell, that can be really embarrassing, right? Yeah, or if you have a name that's strange and uh, – not strange, but I mean if it's not a common name you know, in the English language, then it's probably going to be necessary for you to spell your name. And something that we use a lot of times in English is that we will say like the letter as in uh, – and a word. So you'd say like uh, Q as in queen or K as in um, – king <laughs> because uh a lot of times even for native speakers letters can sound kind of similar over the phone so uh in those kind of moments it's very important that someone gets the right spelling absolutely yeah so yeah and another that, go ahead i was going to say like another tip that not uh people who are learning english don't tend to know is that we don't say zero when we're when we're giving out like a phone number for example we say oh so if you're uh for example here in in my my hometown in durango the area code which means the basically the number that precedes the someone's local number is 970 so not nine we don't say 970 even though those are the numbers we say 970 you can say this you can say zero people will understand you it's and you know if the people are trying to communicate really clearly then they might slow down and actually use mm -hmm. zero but when people speak really quickly they'll use oh quite often in phone numbers and and like Ethan's saying and um zip codes and this happens yeah. also in times so for example you know 805 mm -hmm. right that's 8805 eight, 8 o'clock in 5 minutes right exactly yeah, I know like I kind of had a confusion about this when I first went to Brazil because they do a similar thing with the six. And I thought that uh, you use like the the normal number and they actually use like a different word for six when they're giving out a phone number. Yeah, the, the equivalent of the word like have, right? <laughs> or, yeah, I'm sorry, half. Exactly. Half, yeah. So it'll be, it'll that's definitely, if if you take nothing else from this podcast, that's a little useful tip that you can use. Yeah, but besides that, you know, like I recommend just getting on the phone, maybe speaking with friends that you already know, just getting comfortable in those uncomfortable situations and, and really uh, trying to get experience with this because the more you do it, the easier it's going to get and the more you rehearse as well, rehearse with a native speaker mm -hmm. if you can. You know, get native feedback sure. from somebody who has ex experience with this type of conversation, but I think if you if you just use that medium more, it's going to get easier. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, maybe we could just give a couple more quick, dirty tips for just to wrap up the podcast. So maybe a good one 
to know if they are traveling or if they are moving to the U.S. Uh, or any other English-speaking country is they're going to want to know what number to call if they have an emergency. So like in the U.S. and Canada, it's 911. Yep, call 911. Anything happens, just yep. call 911. Right? Exactly. And uh, just doing a little bit of research, since we didn't have Chad on the podcast, uh, I found out that in Australia it is 000, or I guess 000, <laughs> and in the UK it's 999. So depending on which country you're going to, it's always wise to look up beforehand what number you should you should memorize in case of an emergency. Mm-hmm. And also some other helpful you, you information might be, um, I don't know, if you want to ask for somebody's, if you want to ask for, if you're a guy and you want to ask a girl for their number, you might say, hey, <laughs> hey girl, can I get your digits? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of, uh, that's kind of very slangy, what I just said. So yeah. you, you wouldn't necessarily say that, but uh, you might say, can I get your number, right? And so when you're giving somebody exactly. your number, or can I get your WhatsApp, right? So mm-hmm. what do you, how, how do you give somebody your WhatsApp number, Ethan? Uh, probably would just ask for their phone and put my number in myself and have them send me a message. Okay. So that, that first or, number you give is actually the plus, right? Oh uh, yeah, exactly. You have to do uh plus the country code. I mean, it depends obviously on where your SIM is from, but, uh, your SIM card is from, but yeah, you have the plus one, for example, for the United States. And then you have the area code, right? And then you have the area code. So for me here in Durango, that would be 970. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And then the so, local number. So is that your cell phone or your landline? That's, well, both of them here in Durango would have a 970, but my cell phone, my uh, SIM card is from Durango, so it's a 970 number. What exactly is landline? A landline is uh, like the basically the house line. So... It's the one that's not portable. It stays in the house. Okay. And you could just put me on speed dial. Yeah, exactly. What's speed dial? Um, speed dial is when, basically when you have like one of the primary numbers, you can press and hold that instead of having to actually dial out the entire number and call whoever whoever's number you've saved to that speed dial. I know oh, there's yeah. a there's a funny uh, episode of Seinfeld, if there's any Seinfeld fans out there, where uh, Jerry, the main character, he's dating a girl, and her stepmother is kind of obsessed with him, and, and she uh, puts him on the speed dial, and then his girlfriend finds out and gets very angry. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love Seinfeld. But yeah. it's a really old show, right? So they probably got beepers on that one. <laughs> It might have been even before the beeper. I think Friends had the beeper. What exactly is a beeper, by the way? Uh, it's a. I think it's also called like a pager. Like it's basically something that would could just send a, a message, uh, and it would kind of like beep, so you'd see that someone had called you. Yeah, this is interesting. And and the mini course that we offer the uh, Phoebe's nutty boyfriend. This is a hilarious scene. If you haven't signed up, definitely sign up for this mini course. But one of the main characters, he, he has a quarter in his sock, right? Because he needs to mm-hmm. use the payphone, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Do you still have payphones in uh, Durango? They're pretty hard to find. I was just watching a movie the other day that made fun of that. It was like a, a comedy, and they they were basically making a ransom. What's a what's a ransom? A ransom is basically like I don't know when you kidnap somebody. Well, I mean I know you haven't kidnapped somebody, Ethan, but if somebody How do you is you know ki- that. <laughs> <laughs> If somebody is kidnapped or they're like kind of taken and then, you know, the, the criminal calls the family and says, give me a million dollars or I'm going to kill your mm-hmm. son. Exactly. Um, that million dollars is the ransom, right? Exactly. So like in this, this movie, they were trying to, they kidnapped someone. They were trying to make a ransom, uh, rans- like a ransom call on a payphone, And the character says like, I don't know where to find a payphone. Do they still exist? And it's kind of <laughs> funny because they're, they're very rare nowadays. Yeah. So there you have it. Phone conversations, vocabulary, strategies, tips. I hope it's been helpful for you. I know it's been helpful for me. I think I'm going to apply some of these strategies next time I'm on the phone in Portuguese. (laughs) I'm definitely going to do the same. So Ethan, it's been a pleasure doing a podcast with you. I think it's been a long time since we've done a podcast together. And I'm I'm sure we'll do another one here pretty quick. But Real Lifers, it's been great to host the Real Life Podcast and to share with you all this awesome advice. Oh, yeah. Let's do one, two, three. And oh, yeah. One, one two, th- two three. Oh, oh, yeah. You might have to synchronize that with the, with the leg, right? Hello. It's me I was wondering If after all these years You'd like to me To go over Everything They say the time's supposed to heal you But I ain't done much healing Hello Can you hear me? I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be when we were younger and free. I've forgotten how it felt before the world fell at our feet. There's such a difference between us and a million miles. Hello, how are you? 
It's so typical of me to talk about myself. I'm sorry. I hope that you will. Did you ever make it out of that town where nothing ever happened? It's no secret that the boy. 